Hello, this is Graham Cook. Welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. Today we're looking at the whole subject of grace, one of my favorite topics. There is an everlasting supply of grace for us to live from. But first we need to know what grace is and what it isn't. Many of us have been taught that grace is undeserved favor. But, you know, if this were true, then Jesus never had any. Because the Bible says that he grew in grace. So if grace is undeserved favor, then clearly he must have done something wrong to deserve grace, which wouldn't that disqualify him from being the Savior? Just saying. I love the fact that grace always gives us this incredible confidence in who God is for us. And that empowers us to always be working from a place of fellowship with him. I remember the first time I heard the Lord say to me, Graham, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I really struggled to get my head around that. I guess because I had feelings of unworthiness or something. And then the Lord said, so you don't believe what I believe about you. And I was thinking... Well, actually, no, you're right. I, I don't. I don't believe that. And he just said, okay. Then over the next two years, 264 people, yep, I counted, either at events would come and put a folded piece of paper in my hand, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, or they, I got texts, I got phone calls, I got emails, 264 times. And what that did for me was it really cemented in my own heart the place where God wanted me to live from with him. And that is that a place where he is pleased with me because he's pleased with Jesus. And I think that's what grace is. Grace brings me and Jesus together in the same space. So I hope you enjoy this clip. Grace is not undeserved favor. That has to be the poorest description of grace I've ever ever heard. And it's not accurate in any sense. Because if grace is only undeserved favor, then Jesus never had any. And yet the Bible says that he grew in grace. So therefore, grace has to be something more than undeserved favor, right? Otherwise, that's another double-minded thing going on there, yeah? Jesus never did anything wrong, therefore there was never anything in his life where he was undeserving. So I think grace is this. Grace is the empowering presence of God that enables you to become the man or the woman that God sees when he looks at you. Right? So God has a particular vision of you. He know because he's looking at you from a place of completion. Not from your starting place. He looks at you from your finishing place because that's who he is. He sees you in the present, he sees you in the future. And so he when he looks at you, he doesn't see anything wrong with you. So when he looks at you, Grace is the empowering presence of God that enables you to become the person that he sees when he looks at you.
So Jesus is the champion of grace. So we saw his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. It mentions that phrase again, full of grace and truth. And here's the thing about the Father. Grace will always come before truth. Grace comes as a springboard for truth to arrive. So it's like the Father takes a run at you, jumps on the springboard of grace and dives on you and smothers you in the truth because he loves who you are now and he loves who you are becoming. And there isn't any part of you that he doesn't love because he is love. And so he's full of grace. He's full of empowering presence. Yeah, he understands our frame. He knows our struggle. He knows what we're going through. He knows the learning process that we're taking. He knows everything about us. And he is totally committed to empowering us in that process. So here's the thing about the Lord. He doesn't mind how many times you stumble as long as you're stumbling towards him right? He knows you've had loads of years as an earthbound entity and now you're a kingdom person and you've got to live by a whole different set of precepts. He knows that this dimension of life is radically different from this and so grace is the one thing guaranteed to get us from here to there. Yeah? And grace gives us a start. Grace says, I am your empowering presence. What the Lord saying is, I want to be in that walk with you. So I am in that walk as grace. So I will be your grace. I will be your empowering presence. Because I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I want to go on this journey with you. I want to learn what you, I want to be part of all of your learning. I want to be in your story. I want to be part of your journey. And grace is the expression. I'm going to give you so much confidence in who I am for you that you'll run and not walk, that you won't be weary, but that you'll be new and you'll be full and you'll always be working from a place of fellowship with me, not to try and earn one. So there is this ever-expanding experience of grace. And it doesn't matter where you are on your journey or your story, what levels you go up to, whether you're starting out moving in the prophetic gift and there's a grace on you for that, or whether you are moving in the office of a prophet and there's a ton of grace on you for that, you're always going to be needing grace. Always, always. And the Lord has planned it this way, is that grace is going to be with you all the days of your life. And grace is, I love you, I'm pleased with you, I'm with you, I'm for you, we will do this together. I remember the first times when I was starting to learn that grace was different than what I'd been told. And I began to learn about the nature of God and the goodness of God and the kindness of God. And the Lord said to me one day, Graham, I love who you are. I love who you're becoming. 
And I want to walk with you in all the spaces in between. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And at the time, I was struggling with some things and I hadn't really understood a lot of things about the new man. And so I cut him short. I said, you can't say that to me because I'm not this, this, and this. And I'm looking over here at my old man. He said, Graham, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You can't say that to me. It's not true. He said, it's true for me because I only see you in a particular way. And I said, well, don't say that to me because I'm struggling with this. He said, not from where I'm standing. You're not struggling with that. Your struggling is because you don't believe this. But I believe this about you. And that's the first time I heard, do you believe what I believe about you? Wow. And I'm thinking, but that's, that's too, he said, big. Uh huh, yeah, big. That's a good word, big. It's too big. And he said, Well, are you saying that I'm too big for you? Well, no, technically. So, what are you saying? Well, if you're backing me into a corner, <laughs> I'm saying that this concept of grace that you have is too big. He went, Did you ever think why it might be too big? Well, no. What if I want to make you wealthy in grace? What if I want to make you rich in grace? At what point is rich too rich? I think, I am never going to win an argument with you. <laughs> it's like you can never win an argument with the extravagant love. And I said, well, okay, but don't say that to me because I'm... You know, you're like, you're messing me up. <laughs> he just laughed. And then <clears throat> over the next two years, over, I think it was 264 times in the next two years, people would come up to me. Little kids would come up to me with a folded piece of paper and go, <laughs> Grannies would come up to me. Guys in business suits would come up to me and said, I don't know why I'm giving this to you, but the Lord said, give it to you. And 264 times, every time I open that piece of paper, it said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now after 50, I got it. I'm saying, okay, I get it. I get it. And, and, he, and he said, uh-huh, which means you're going to get it. So I got another 50 times. Okay, I get it. I get it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I get it. Then we went from 100 to 150. Lord, seriously, I get the message. Then we went from 150 to 200. I flipping well get it. I get it. Honestly, I get it. I totally get it. Then we went from 200 to 250. And then I'm just, now I'm crying. Seriously, I'm crying. Because he's looking at me and saying, Son, I need you to get this. I need you to get it. Why? Because I need you to give it. I need people to see it. I need you to get The world needs you 
to get grace. To understand it, to know how to receive it, how to live in it, how to be washed in it, how to be full of it. That Jesus was full of grace. And I realize what he's doing is he's filling me up 264 pores of grace. He's filling me up. And there is this everlasting supply of grace. Even now, I mean, years later, I still get people coming up to me and, and saying, God told me to give you this. And I'm like smiling and, yeah, there it is. All righty. It's just another kiss from the Father. You are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he doesn't make any kind of qualifications on that. He just says, no, you're in Christ. That's dead. This is who you are. And I'm well pleased with where you are right now. And I'm well pleased with who you're becoming and where you're going. There is this radical freedom for all of my circumstances is that I'm standing and living in the grace of God. And with God, it's always going to be grace before truth. So, but the truth is what sets me free. So grace is not something you apply to somebody so you can tell them what's wrong with them. Grace is is a space you give people so you can tell them who they are. So you extend grace to people. You give them grace. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in learning more on this topic, you can watch the video series, The Impact of Grace, on btv.com, where you can also get a seven-day free trial. Or you can purchase... Uh, the book, The Nature of Freedom, from brilliantbookhouse.com.